Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Covering the live betting angles for every game. This is VSIN Live Bet Tonight with Femi Abebefe and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is our number three of VSIN Live Bet Tonight coming to you from the VSIN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. He's Wes Reynolds. I'm Femi Abebefe. We're hanging out here. On a Friday night, still to come this hour, the Reynolds wrap in 30 minutes as we break down some in-game betting strategies for tomorrow's college basketball card. But before we get into all of that, Wes, in the NBA, Lakers-Grizzlies kind of going back and forth here late second quarter. A little bit lower scoring than the market projected mm-hmm. here. Grizzlies up 47-44. to 44. That total closed 244, now down to 229.5 on the in-game. Yeah, it's, uh, you know... Uh, that was uh, yeah, two forty four, and it's and because high, man. these two teams have been playing at a t- at a tempo, but just looking at the shooting, that's why I think it's a little bit down. Forty one percent for the Grizz, thirty seven and a half percent for the Lakers. Lakers th- six of twenty from the three. Man, they got a lot of chuckers on this team. They don't have a lot of makers uh, <laughs> from from three point range, and that's really been what we thought before the season with this team. It's like. Who's going to be your shooter on, on on this team? And they just don't have any good ones. Yeah, no, they do not have that many good shooters here on the Lakers team, which is counterintuitive uh, in 2023 with your basketball team. Uh, other scores from around the association, Denver leads Indiana 106-87 in the fourth quarter. Brooklyn up 96-92 in Salt Lake City against the Jazz. And at halftime in Sacramento, Oklahoma City has a 66-59 lead against the Kings. They're currently laying 2.5, total 244.5. But we all know why we came here, third hour. Talk a little NFL. Some National Football League Mm -hmm. divisional playoff weekend coming up here. My favorite sports weekend of the year. And we'll start with Saturday's games here. The Jacksonville Jaguars, tomorrow afternoon, taking on the Kansas City Chiefs, kickoff 1.30 West Coast time, 4.30 Eastern Standard Time. Kansas City laying nine now, total 52.5, but this has been Chiefs money coming in here over the past couple of days, even some nine and a halfs populating in the market. And I think that that would probably be correlated with the under. If you think the Chiefs are going to win this game by margin, I think the under would would be very good if you look. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, over time... Read uh, 31 14 and 1 to the under in Chiefs home games when they are favored by a touchdown, which obviously they are at eight and a half, nine in the market, and even some nine and a halves, as you mentioned. Uh, so, you know, look, if Jacksonville has a lead in this game, this is heading to Overtown. 
Mm-hmm. I, I think that's just the way it is because the Chiefs are a team, if they get down, you'd probably want to bet them live. You know, they, they haven't been exactly a cover machine at home during the Mahomes era because it, it's tough to get margin. People think the Chiefs are just like a, you know, hey, speed, 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 speed. They're very methodical. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, can, they, can take, they can take long drives. I mean, they're tough to stop, but they'll take time off the clock. It's not always big play, especially without the Cheetah. They're not. They're they're a different offense right now. So you know, a lot more underneath, a lot more you know, taking your time off the clock because they don't have that burner that can get you a short you know three play seventy five yard drive. You know, when you got a fifty plus yard pass to Hill or somebody like that. So I haven't bet this yet. I do lean a little bit under. Uh, I I think the Chiefs. You know, uh, if if they might be getting through teaser protection territory right yeah. now, because uh, yeah, you'd have to go with a seven point two. Yeah, yeah. Now you can't do it. Now you can't tease them down to eight and a half. It was out there a little bit earlier. That certainly I think made a lot of sense. Looking at this, couple props I might be interested in, and I don't I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but Juju Smith Schuster, in terms of maybe over on his yards, I think makes a lot of sense because you know. They're they're gonna I think they're gonna use him a little bit more as kind of the possession guy get down the field. We know Jacksonville was rated near the bottom in past DVI. Look, we saw we saw the Chargers able to throw it on these guys, you know, pretty much at will. Jacksonville, yeah, so Jackson, fifty-five and a half by the way on the Juju Smith-Schuster yardage problem. Yeah, and that makes sense. That's that's about right. I'd still lean over even at that number. Uh, thirty and a, thirty on past DVOA are the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you can throw on this team. And we saw the Chargers were able to do that. So that'd be one I, I'd be looking at. I think, uh, you know, in terms of how the Chiefs are going to approach this defensively, I think they're going to try to get interior pressure like they did in the first meeting. Maybe a lot of zone that Spags is going to play, I think, against, uh, against Trevor Lawrence, who, you know, we've seen this with Trevor Lawrence. He struggles to start the game, and then he kind of settles in. You know, we saw that a little bit against uh, against the Titans. Obviously, we saw that last week. How many? What did he, did he have? Four. Last four week? interceptions. Four interceptions <laughs> and three touchdowns, and you know, settled in uh, eventually. But another guy that I think could you could take advantage in terms of that game plan. Uh, Jacksonville, you know, horizontal offense. You know, they they don't they beat you with short passes. They have a decent receiving core, but they don't have like a number one A receiver. Mm-hmm. on that lineup. So you're going to see a lot of, you know, short passes, high frequency of long drives. Uh, maybe Travis ATN is going to benefit, I, I think, when, when you look at him. If you're looking for a prop, uh, he actually last week played in 64 of the 74 snaps and ran routes in 40 of Lawrence's dropbacks last week, and yet he only had one catch for 12 yards. So maybe there's a possibility that, that you're going to see a lot of, like, dump-offs to ATN. So... That would be one to look at a prop here, but I have not bet uh, side or total. I'm certainly not going to probably bet the side here. I actually, I think, I think I ended up on Jacksonville plus ten, and they didn't. I think they lost. Did they lose by eleven in the first meeting? No, they lost by ten. It was twenty-seven, seventeen. Yeah, oh, that's right. I, I didn't take ten. I remember I lost the game by one, so I must have had nine or nine and a half. But would lean to the under at fifty-three, and if I get involved, like from a side or total perspective. That's where I'm going to be, but it's likely going to be a prop game for me. You mentioned it with Jacksonville and their slow starts. I mean, they started slow against Baltimore. They started slow against Dallas. They started slow against Tennessee at home. They also started slow last week, of course, with the 27 nothing deficit that they faced in the first half here. Do you get involved with maybe Kansas City first half, Jacksonville second half? Or is that maybe playing it a little too cute? Uh, I'm probably not going to go that route. I'd I'd much rather like target prop matchups than doing mm-hmm. that. But I mean, I I just feel like if Kansas City gets margin, even though you know their defense, you know it can be had. It we can be know leaky. that. Yeah, we they, know it can yeah. be leaky. But I feel like when they get margin, it's tough to come back on them. Mm-hmm. And when they have the ball, they can absolutely, you know, and by running the clock, it's not like they're going to the shell and just handing it off three yards in a cloud of dust, but short passes, you know, try to take care of the football. Don't get Mahomes turning it over, which sometimes he can. And then I just think, it, you know, keep that Jacksonville defense on the field. And that's why I think that this total just looks a shade high. Yeah. yeah this is, to me, I, f- I feel like Kansas City, if they want to, they could name their score offensively. 
I don't really see Jacksonville's defense being able to get many stops against the Kansas City Chiefs, but I'm, I'm not going to lay it. I have no play in this game, whether side or the total. I thought the number was pretty fair here, but maybe just seeing on how the game goes, because Doug Peterson, is a, he is an aggressive coach. He'll go for it on fourth down. He'll do those types of things. We saw that all the way back in his days with Philadelphia. Maybe Jacksonville in the second half is a play. I played that last week, even when it looked like, wow, the Jags are going to run off of the field in their own home field, mm-hmm. and they end up coming from behind and winning the game. But Jacksonville's second half is something that I might entertain if this gets out to being a big lead in the first half there. Uh, the night game tomorrow night is Doug Peterson's old stomping grounds. The Philadelphia Eagles also coming off of the bye as the number one seed in the NFC. They're hosting the New York Giants, so third time we'll see these two teams play this season Philly now a seven and a half point favorite, total forty eight. But we're starting to see some eights populate in yeah. some places, including where we're sitting here at Circa. Still teaser territory, I think, for the Giants. I could certainly sponsor that. I actually uh, laid a money line parlay here. You know, laying some small juice about a little over a dollar twenty with uh, Eagles and Bills. Okay. Because I do think if you look at at the, the Giants are like the darling right now. Everybody loves and, them. And look, they've won nine of its ten games by one possession. They figure out a way to do it, and you got to give them credit for that. But doesn't it remind you of two thousand seven? Yes, yes, <laughs> it, it does. And 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 look, uh, it's starting to feel like two thousand seven all over when, again. When you, okay, when, guys. when you look at the Giants, uh, eleven and two as an underdog this season, I believe I had read that that was the best mark over the last 20 years. Wow. For a team with an underdog against the spread record. Danny Dimes is 17 and 5 against the number as a road underdog. Brian Dable 4 and 0 in rematches this season. And look, this has not historically been a good round for favorites. Mm. So everybody thinks, oh, the bye week, you have such an advantage. It really hasn't been. Well, it's also priced into the moon. Yeah, yeah absolutely it is. And and we'll get to that when we talk Dallas San Francisco, but yeah, it's priced in though. But look, I, I mean, if I had to, I'm not going to lay seven and a half. If you laid the seven good on you at Philadelphia, I do think that they're that they're the right side here. I just think the Giants, uh, you know, they they try to run a lot of dime packages, but Philadelphia, fine, we'll run the ball 40, mm-hmm. 45 times. We're good at doing that. So, you know, the Giants are healthier in the secondary, but the, the defensive front, I think, can really be run on, and that's kind of New York's, I think, weakness is more stopping the run and especially like a power running game. But I just look at, at this Giants team and how fortunate that they have been. The, I mean, it all started in week one when they had that field goal that, yeah. uh, you know, they went for two and got it. Randy Bullock had a shot at a 47-yarder that missed. Uh, you just have had so many breaks for this team, and eventually you kind of run out of them. They beat Carolina on a 56-yard field goal. They beat Green Bay in a one-score game. Beat Baltimore after Lamar muffed a snap and then an interception the next play when they had like two minutes left on the clock to go drive down and win the game. Stopped Christian Kirk at the one-yard line for Jacksonville. Beat, tied Washington in a game they got out-yarded by 100 yards. Beat Washington in a game they got out-yarded by 100 yards, that no-pass mm-hmm. interference call. And then you've beaten some weak teams. You've beaten three in the top four that are picking in the top four of the draft, uh, the Bears, Texans, and Colts. Yeah, no, I laid the seven with Philly here. Uh, that right hit that, when that opened up, I was like, I got to go ahead and get this because I think this is a, too much of a step up in class for the New York Giants against the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll see how this unfolds, but I like Philly to win this game. You like Casey to win as well? I do. All right, we think both top seeds will win on Saturday. Find out what we think for the Sunday games on the other side. It's Vsin live bet tonight. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 
Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun! Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is VSIM Live Bet Tonight with Femi Abebefe and Wes Reynolds, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is VSIN Live Bet Tonight. Femi Abebefe alongside Wes Reynolds hanging out here on a Friday night in downtown Las Vegas at the Circus Resort and Casino. Uh, Last segment, we were talking about some NFL playoff games. You want to mention something? Well, I was going to say no fights here yet at, yes. at Circus Sports on a Friday night, but there apparently has been a little one at Crypto.com Arena yeah. between a, uh, a T. Morant, uh, the father of one Ja Morant, and Shannon Sharp. Just, just it got into it and had to be separated by security. I am seeing this video. I believe it was from oh, this uh, video. Ben Golliver of the uh, Washington Post, a uh, national right. NBA uh, writer at Ben Golliver Two L's, by the way, on Twitter. And then Let me uh, go ahead and search this. Out. I know. Uh, See what this uh, tomfoolery is looking like. Yeah, I know uh, that. Uh, I think it was Jovan Buha, uh, who is the Lakers reporter for the Athletic, that said that Shannon Sharp said something that got the whole Grizzlies bench to charge at him moments after intermission. Sharp just walked in the locker room tunnel with multiple security guards. <laughs> I mean, what in the world? I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, did uh, did uh, Mr. Moran or Papa Morant say, "Why are you so tough on Skip Bayless?" <laughs> Skip was right. <laughs> To, to, uh, to really needle him, and that yeah, probably right? would. Seriously, that I, probably I, would. But uh, but I think uh, I think uh, I think Mr. Morant. Uh, I, I I don't. I, he might be a little bit outsized in that matchup. I was gonna say. I was like, Sharp. I don't think Shannon Sharp is the guy that I'd be looking to. No. So he, so, so he's since, pr- Shannon Sharp's had a lot of stress at work lately. I'm seeing somebody from this is a Memphis Grizzlies beat writer said. Absolute madness. Shannon Sharp was talking to John Morant. Then Stephen Adams walked over in front of John Morant. T. Morant, the father of John Morant, and Shannon Sharp then had words before Sharp was escalated off the floor. <laughs> what, are, what are we doing? A stressful work environment will do that to you, Femi. I mean, yeah. Any <laughs> back Back to the National Football <laughs> yes, League. Yes, let's go back to the NFL. This is just stupidity all over the place. Uh, Sunday's game. We both like, by the way, for the folks who are just tuning in now, we both like Kansas City and Philadelphia to win the game. No play on that first game. I laid seven with the Eagles there. And then no play for you and the uh, Giants-Eagles? Uh, no, uh, not yet. I, I I have them actually okay. uh, a money line money parlay. Line yes. Yeah, with I actually with, have that with the Bills. Yeah, with our next game that we're going to discuss here Sunday afternoon at right at noon, three o'clock for our folks on the East Coast. The Buffalo Bills laying five and a half against the Cincinnati Bengals, the defending AFC champions. Total sitting at forty nine. Uh, how do you see this game kind of playing out here? It feels like there's been one narrative that's been talked about all throughout this week, but I'm curious to get your thoughts. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, obviously, the offensive line, I think, mm-hmm. is what you're referring to with uh, three starters basically down now for the Bengals. And look, we saw what the Ravens did in the second half, and we actually saw it in the second half of the Week 18 game. Yeah, Bengals really did nothing offensively. They had that one drive in the second half that you know eventually 
put him in position to win the game. But Baltimore, with with Tyler Huntley, moved it down like 90-plus yards before that fumble that obviously mm-hmm. made the difference in the game. But the, the main reason why I, I do like the Bills here, and look, I know Cincinnati's on a 20-5 and five against the number run, 12-3 and three ATS over their last 15 games, and actually 12-1 and one if you take out the Baltimore Ravens who covered two of the three meetings this year. But it's kind of, you know, the Bengals' defense, which I believe is 11th in DVOA, you got to put those numbers in the context. And I know readers back, so that helps in the running game. Look at the opposing quarterbacks that the Bengals have faced this season. Week one, they got Mitch Trubisky Mm -hmm. in Pittsburgh. Week two, at Dallas against Cooper Rush. The great Cooper Rush. Week three, and Cooper Rush, by the way, won that game, (laughs) mind you. Week three at the New York Jets, Joe Flacco. Week four against Miami, Tua gets hurt. Teddy Bridgewater most of the second half. Week five, they had to go to Baltimore, and and Lamar started. Week six at New Orleans, Andy Dalton. Week seven against Atlanta, Marcus Mariota. Week eight at Cleveland, Jacoby Brissett. Week nine against Carolina, Baker Mayfield. Week 11 at Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett, a rookie. Week 12 at Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill. Week 13, give him credit. They beat Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, but mm-hmm. that was where Travis Kelsey, who never fumbles, fumbles. Yep. And Andy Reid, late in the game, set Harrison Butker out for that 53-yarder that he missed. Uh, week 14, Cleveland, a rusty Deshaun Watson. Week 15 at Tampa Bay, a 45-year-old Tom Brady. <laughs> week 16 at New England against Mac Jones. Week 18, they got Baltimore and Anthony Brown. Wild card round, Baltimore against Tyler Huntley. Against that majority of that quarterback lineup, you're going to be pretty good defensively in the numbers. And yeah. they're still only 11th. It's like facing these guys, I feel like they should be top five in defense. So I just think that this defense for Cincinnati is a little bit overrated. And one of the things that I like about the Buffalo Bills, I actually like that they got a scare last week. Everybody might see that as vulnerability, and I certainly understand that. But mm-hmm. they were up 17 nothing on Miami. Thought it was going to be easy. They let up a little bit, and then Miami made it dangerous. Miami had a couple chances to win that game late. could have. And maybe that's the wake-up call that the Bills needed. Because if you look, and that's why I didn't lay it with the Bills in any form. I didn't tease it. I didn't do anything. Moneyline, Barlay, lay the number or anything. They had just come off a couple of really emotional weeks with everything that happened with DeMar Hamlin. But now DeMar Hamlin is back in Buffalo rehabbing almost daily at that facility. Mm -hmm. So that's got to give you some feel good. But one of the things it does, and I don't want it to sound callous here, you put it behind you. It's obviously not behind DeMar Hamlin. No. But you put it behind you and you go forward. And I think he would kind of want that too. It's like, hey, fellas, refocus. The goal hasn't changed, guys. Yeah. You know, the goal hasn't changed. That's to get to the Super Bowl. And and I just look with Cincinnati's offensive line starters that kind of worries me a little bit. I don't know if Cincinnati's going to be able to run the ball in Buffalo. Buffalo is number three in rush defense, DVOA. So, you know, look, Joe Burrow, he can make the plays, and I know he's usually pretty good against the blitz, but this Buffalo team doesn't really blitz very much. And that's the interesting kind of fork in the road here for me with this game because I don't have a bet in this game at all. And entering the week, I kind of lean towards Buffalo, but then the more that I thought about this game, I could see this going either way, to be quite honest here. And our friends at the South Point, Chris Andrews, Vinny Maiulo, those guys, they hung a six. Mm -hmm. I thought long and hard actually of taking that six, six being a key number in today's NFL. And I I didn't take it because I don't want to bet this game. So I was like, please go away so I don't have to look at it. And luckily somebody else had the same thing that I was thinking about, and they actually bet the six. So the six is no longer there. It's back to five and a half, and I can just kind of sit back and watch this game. But if it were to get to six and a half or seven, now I don't think it will. Yeah, but if it were, I think there's then enough I think resistance. I would, yeah, I think I would play Cincinnati at that point because the offensive line is a is a big concern for Cincinnati. Down three starters and two of those guys, the guys they signed in free agency to sure up the O line that was much maligned last year when they went to the Super Bowl. But I don't know if Buffalo's pass rush is up to snuff, and we saw Buffalo defensively go up against a weak and battered offensive line in Miami last week. And they didn't really put a whole lot of pressure on Skylar Thompson. And that, to me, is concerning because Mm -hmm. I think you can get by against lesser quarterbacks, but can you get by and beat Joe Burrow and not get pass rush and get pressure on him? And if you don't get pressure and you do have to blitz, which is something that Buffalo doesn't like doing, if Mm -hmm. they do have to send extra guys, then you open yourself up to Jamar Chase, T. Higgins down the field. So I'm a little concerned about this game. I think from an in-game standpoint, it's a game that I think if you can tell early on, if Cincy can block, Buffalo will have their hands full. 
But if Cincy can't block, Bills will win and cover this. Yeah, game. yeah. I mean, I just look at it that that I do think that they got a wake up call after mm-hmm. last week. That it's like, okay, fellas, it was a legitimate scare. No, it was. <laughs> and you know what I thought was interesting too. Uh, and I, we mentioned it as a theme on Monday night when we were doing it during the Monday night game. Of the eight remaining coaches, there's only one defensive coach. Yeah, and that's Sean McDermott in Buffalo as one of the best offenses. <laughs> yeah. You know, so so go figure, because I think that's the way it's going. I think it's going to be mostly offensive guys, you know, more of them than defensive guys getting these head coaching openings. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun game to kind of keep track of. Uh, obviously, if Buffalo wins and Kansas City wins, we will get the neutral site game in Atlanta next Sunday for the AFC title game. But if Cincy were to able to uh, go ahead. <laughs> oh. They're showing it now on oh, TV, not to interrupt. <laughs> now, now, Stephen Adams, San and Sharp don't want any of that. I can tell you that. Yeah, that's that's a little he could much. Be, he could be he could beat Jaws' daddy, but he ain't gonna beat Stephen Adams' ass. What is going on? How does that even happen? Like, I don't know what's going <laughs> on there. Oh, like, I want to know what was said. To to yeah yeah yeah. Is that is that Gucci Mane? I don't I, I don't see Gucci Mane because I know that uh, there was a T Morant was in the glasses with the blue cardigan. That's Jaws' dad. I, I don't know how that even happens. Like, like Shannon Sharp is a pro- former professional athlete. Yeah. He knows what it's like, you know, like the trash talk and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, usually so it's, it's being like good fun, right? Yeah, it's like he must have said or maybe Josh said something or who it's he said, he said. Who knows what was said. But whatever what whatever was said, it must have been some, some vitriol to get that sort of reaction because guys get trash talked to them all the time. I mean, well, well, Stephen Adams looked like he had some bad intentions in his eyes. <laughs> I was like, he didn't, he didn't have the, he didn't have the man bun in or anything. He had the hair hanging down. Look, like he was ready to fight Shannon Sharp, uh, a Hall of Fame football player. It's Friday night at <laughs> Crypto.com Arena. Who the hell knows what's going on there? They're going to resume play between the Lakers and the Grizzlies. We'll resume our divisional round discussion, talking Cowboys Niners when we come back. The main. This is VSIM Live Bet Tonight with Femi Abebefe and Wes Reynolds, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on football's big game, the VSIN experts have you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and bets are moving every game. Deep dive betting reports. VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where our experts break down brackets, best bets, and all the big game props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99 and become part of the sports betting network. That's V-S-I-N slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is VEASAN Live Bet Tonight. Femi Abebefe alongside Wes Reynolds. Still to come, uh, the Reynolds Wrap. College basketball in-game betting strategies and handicaps for tomorrow's slate here. Uh, Also, maybe a little bit of fight night analysis. Yeah, I was going to say, before we get into what I consider the main event of uh, divisional playoff weekend, that's Dallas, San Francisco. The undercard. uh, I wish the undercard, honestly, and, and am I a bad person for wanting this, Femi? I like to think that I'm a, you know, a nonviolent person, but... I really kind of wanted Steven Adams and Shannon Sharp to throw hands there <laughs> just to see that. Just see what it looked like? Because, I mean, I mean, I mean, Shannon Sharp isn't a guy I'd want to mess with, but I wouldn't want to no. mess with Steven Adams either. Like, Shannon Sharp, he'll take care of Jaws' dad real quick. Yeah. But then, you know, that, that big guy from New Zealand with the man bun out and the hair flowing. I, it's just incredible that that's right. a thing that happened there. Because, right. like, Shannon Sharp, I mean, he looks like he could still play. Like, in fairness to him. Yes. No, he, he's, he's, he's in shape. He's kept himself in pristine shape yes. uh, after retirement, which was, like, a long time ago. But, yeah, Stephen Adams, that might be a weight class too I mean, too, Steve, too high. Stephen Adams is the toughest guy from New Zealand since the Bushwhackers. <laughs> you remember the Bushwhackers, the tag team, the... <laughs> And they were like the funny, happy-go-lucky, lick-each-other's-heads guys there. But when they were in, like, the southern territories, wrestling territories, they were sadistic. (laughs) Oh, man, the barbed wires, blood every match. And then they were like the goofball characters in WWF where they probably made the biggest money of their career. I I mean, I just, I can't. Shannon Sharp is now trending on Twitter, of course, because everyone's talking about it. Shannon Sharp apparently granted an interview to, I think it was uh, Dave, uh, 
if I'm Is pronouncing it McMiniman. Yep, okay, I was trying there. to pronounce his name. He's like, they didn't want any of this smoke, Dave. That's he what gave he like a full statement. Wow. Yeah, granted ESPN an interview, so... uh because yeah, he was saying, I bet you won't, is what I could yes. lip read for what he yes. was telling uh, T. Morant, <laughs> John Morant's father. So now we're like kind of doing like the Zapruder film here for this silly uh, cafeteria fight that we just saw. But that, is, that, is, that is funny. I mean, you know, look, Shannon has a very I'm, stressful work environment, so that's probably... <laughs> I mean, probably was weighing on his mind i'm guessing also maybe i mean he's an expert in confrontation since their, yeah. whole, their whole show yeah. is built on confrontation. no no he'll go yeah. there's no question it's, about that it's like two and a half hours of just confrontation apparently uh yeah wow shannon sharp mm-hmm. so yeah so this is the statement i'm gonna read this statement because this is hilarious <laughs> they said they didn't want this smoke dave they do all that talking and jockeying, and I ain't about that jockeying. I started with Dylan Brooks. I said he was too small to guard LeBron. <laughs> he said, F me. I said, F you back. He started to come at me, and I said, you don't want these problems. <laughs> and then Ja came out of nowhere talking. He definitely didn't want these problems. Then the dad came, and he obviously didn't want no problems. <laughs> But I wanted anything they had. Don't let these fools fool you now. <laughs> End of statement. <laughs> she, she, Shannon Sharp is a rare bird, man. I mean, that, 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 that's probably the best quote when he called the, uh, the uh, president <laughs> yes. on the uh, sideline phone. Tell, him, the Tell him that we are killing the Patriots. I mean, what I just read is not from The Onion. It's not from any sort of satirical came right. Twitter account. That is from Dave McMiniman, ESPN reporter who covers the Lakers and is like one of the national beat writers, happened to be at the game, and that is a statement, and that's what Shannon Sharp told him after the confrontation with T. Morant, the father of John Morant, and of course the rest of the Memphis Grizzlies. Un- oh, man. Unreal. Yeah, that's that's absolutely <laughs> that's, crazy. That is unreal. Uh, by glad- the way, we are in the third quarter of that yes. game. Oh, yeah, there's also a game going on, by the way. 62-61, yeah, to 61, Grizzlies with the lead. couple final scores to uh, get you updated on. Uh, Brooklyn Nets do get a win in Utah. Kyrie, uh, 48, season high, eight threes. I believe he had... Uh, how many? He he had most of them in the fourth quarter. Had 28-1 of his 48 in the fourth quarter, so... Uh, Brooklyn not going to go winless on this West Coast road trip. 117 to 106. Game does stay under the total. Nets get their outright as five point underdogs. Not the case for the Pacers. They lose 134 to 111. All Denver, despite the MVP favorite not playing. They don't want these problems, Wes. They don't want these. <laughs> they don't want these problems. <laughs> I, wow. t- I told Dylan Brooks he was too small to guard LeBron. Like, what are we talking about here, guys? Like, it's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got five and a half minutes left. Enough of Shannon Sharp versus T. Moran and the rest of the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, the main event this weekend, Sunday afternoon, three thirty kickoff, six thirty East Coast time. It is the rivalry renewed for our old school football friends. From the 80s and the 90s. Where's Pat Summerall and John Madden to know, do this game? It only feels right, you know? They're, they're calling the game up above, man. Oh, man. Is, this is the game for them. This is the glory. This is like when the <laughs> NFL was on CBS or the NFC was on CBS yep. and it moved to Fox. Mm-hmm. This started it all for Fox. Yeah. It was three, Dallas and three San Francisco. Years. Three straight years. 92, 93, 94. This was the NFC Championship game. They played in the wild card game last year. Niners won that one in Dallas. Like, now it's the divisional round here in San Francisco where the Niners are laying four total sitting at 46 and a half. This will be the final game of divisional round weekend. Femi, I think you might be wearing on me here because I have Mm -hmm. not bet this yet, but I think I might be on the Dallas Cowboys at plus four. I know, I know the rest. Well, I'll sprinkle, sprinkle a little bit on that money line. Uh, Daniel Miller back there behind (laughs) the glass doing a good job for us. But uh, uh, yeah, I think, look, Everybody's going to look at the fact, oh, San Francisco played on Saturday and Dallas had to play on Monday night. You said something earlier that I'm going to reiterate to all the betters out there. It's all priced in, guys. Mm -hmm. It is all priced in, so you don't need to, you know, don't bet something that's already you're being taxed for in the market. And that's one thing that I would like to say. Look, if you like like San Francisco, by all means, and there's plenty of reasons to like this team. but hell of a roster. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, I kind of did like him at first glance, but as I do a little bit more examination, all of this stuff is priced in. And, you know, everybody thinks that, like, the rest is, you know, is going to really favor San Francisco, and Mm -hmm. and I really don't think so. Uh, If you look since 2000, T. 
teams with less than normal rest versus teams with the standard rest are actually better seven and five against the number. That's wow. not a massive sample size here because usually mm-hmm. you don't, because we hadn't had the Monday playoff games for very long. So, you know, keep that in mind also with that, that little trend I just gave you. But I look at Dallas and look, Brock Purdy, I call him Brock Brady. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, Tom Brady's going to San Francisco. I'm like, maybe they already got him. If you look, since he's got the week thir- the starting role in week 13, number one in YPA, a yards per attempt, number two in drop back, expected points added, number three, drop back EPA on play action passes, and number four, drop back EPA against the blitz. However, <laughs> number 34 in danger plays. Mm. That's worrisome, and he got away with a couple against Seattle. I don't know if he gets away with them against Dallas. Dallas has a knack. Look, Dallas can be had a little bit. We make fun that Trayvon Diggs, not exactly the best tackler, can get mm-hmm. lost on double moves. But when those balls are up there, Dallas usually comes up and down with them when you know when when they're 50-50 balls. And if Brock Purdy does that, he's gonna be in trouble. Dallas has the higher highest pressure rate across the NFL. Dan Quinn, I think this is the best defense by far that Brock Purdy has faced. So, you know, they're going to bring in. I know Dallas, you know, took some guys getting banged up, but everybody's banged up. But it looks like, for the most part, Femi, Dallas is going to be healthy on that side of the ball. I agree with you. I I took the four with the Cowboys. I've yet to sprinkle on the money line, but I'll probably have like a half-unit play on Cowboys' money line. Mm -hmm. And and just when you look at San Francisco and their schedule this year, and and what a season they had, 13 wins, uh, only four losses, win the division – but it was around that time in Week 9, Wes, when I bet the Niners to win the NFC West. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why I did that is because I saw a very favorable schedule. Yeah. A schedule that was kind of soft. And after that bye week in Week 9, the best team that they might have played was might have been the Los Angeles Chargers in Week 10 because they had so many. They had three straight home games. Or rather, they had three out of four home games. One of those games was played in Azteca, in the Mexico City at the Estadio Azteca. So it was like a neutral site game, but it was technically like a home game for them, or, or sorry, an away game. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have to go to many road environments. Now it's at Seattle, at Las Vegas. You could say those are kind of raucous environments, but Raiders at that point were already eliminated. Seattle, that was a big game. We bet against the Niners that day. The Niners proved us wrong, but I think this is a step up in competition. And the last time that the Niners faced a team that was rated similarly to the Cowboys, it was Kansas City. Back in week seven, the Chiefs won 44-23. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not saying the Cowboys are about to go down there and wax them. But I do think it's a little interesting Mm -hmm. that the Niners haven't played a team that's been of the upper echelon this season. And did Dak get the monkey off his back with that win? I think that was a big win for Dak and a big win for the Cowboys to get that road win first time in 30 years. And look, I think that there's a little carryover to that too. And 49ers run a lot of zone. D'Amico Ryan's on defense. And I think Dak's going to find some throws in that zone. I think that it's been proven that you can throw on that 49ers team. And last point, it was around December where Dallas, a lot of the odds makers said that this was the highest rated team in the NFC. They might not be that right now, but I think they're pretty even with the Niners. I'll take Cowboys at more than a field goal. We'll wrap. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. 
I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is VSIM Live Bet Tonight with Femi Abebefe and Wes Reynolds, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Football playoffs are heating up with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all things football this playoff season. Celebrate this weekend with our divisional round parlay insurance, then extend the fun throughout the rest of the playoffs. With our playoffs first TD insurance, log on to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today to get in on all the action. It's a whole new game. Welcome back. This is the final segment of VEASAN Live Bet tonight. Femi Abebefe alongside Wes Reynolds coming up at the top of the hour. Saturday bet prep with Matt Humans here at Circa. But we got to get you guys one last update uh, from fight night at the Crypto.com Arena, a.k.a. the Lakers-Grizzlies game. Doesn't have to do with the players on the court. Maybe some of them, then also a uh, famous commentator on the daytime talk shows. Former pro football, not former pro football, he is a pro football Hall of Famer, Shannon mm-hmm. Sharp. Uh, like, uh, he told, uh, like he told his partner, <laughs> I'm in the freaking Hall of Fame and you're treating me like I'm a bum. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He's one of the best uh, ever played a position. One, one, one of the best to play the tight end position. And if you didn't watch him play, go YouTube it. He was awesome on the field for the Broncos and the Ravens. But Shannon Sharp getting into an altercation with T. Morant, the father of John Morant, and also the rest of the Memphis Grizzlies, right before halftime. Well, we do have an update from Chris Haynes over at TNT, an NBA insider for Bleacher Report as well. Says that T. Morant, father of John Morant, tells NBA on TNT and Bleacher Report he and Shannon Sharp are, quote, good and has, quote, nothing but love for him. Said it's just two guys from the South talking trash and supporting their teams. <laughs> just talking trash. Yes, yes, uh... But uh, but uh, I, I felt like uh, uh, Mr. Sharp might have had some bad intentions if uh, yeah. Mr. Morant, uh, the senior Morant, uh, would have kept on. I feel like we've all talked trash a time or two in our lives, and it didn't really always end up that way. So yeah. I don't know if we can just say it was talking trash. And, and, <laughs> and, and what does uh, you know, Chris Rock famously say? There are certain people like there's a zone I know I don't go into. Yes. Hundred percent. Shannon Sharp might be one of those people, but so might have Stephen Adams. As uh, you know, the hair was all flowing. Man, he's yeah. got he's got the ponytail back, by the way. Now, but he's calm again. Man, he was he was looking like he was in the the like the the woods in New Zealand. Man, about to <laughs> kill his prey. I, I'm I'm glad that we were able to end the night this way with yes. this altercation. Yes, <laughs> and you know, like, like, like I say in sports, Femi, we never want to take it too far. We don't want anybody to oh. get hurt. Hate is good. Sports hate, hate is good. Sports hate is natural. Yes. <laughs> uh, hopefully, Shannon actually can get some water in his system. There, maybe mixing the water. I don't know what he's been Shannon sipping on. Man, yeah, he must be sipping Passing on something. That's on the Corbazier. Yeah, it must have been. Must have been uh, Uncle Shay Shay getting after it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Before we wrap up the show, we got seven and a half minutes. We've wasted too much time on this nonsense. So let's get down to the nitty gritty. Reynolds wrap, baby. College basketball edition. Tomorrow we have another massive slate mm-hmm. in college hoops. And it starts bright and early in the morning. Let's start with this Miami and Duke game. Because I think it's a really interesting game out in the ACC. Duke laying five and a half. Totals now at 148 and a half. How do you see this game kind of playing out? Yeah, this is going to be interesting here. Because, uh, 
you know, Duke Duke hadn't really played good basketball, mm -hmm. you know, for 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 about a month and a half. I keep thinking that maybe Duke is going to peak in February. I because they they they've got so much talent, Femi. I mean, they had the number one recruiting class. They have size. Filipowski, I think, has been their best player to adjust to the college game. But they got the kid Lively, who's going to be a one and done, more than likely. Dariq Whitehead. I think this number really really is is about right when when you mm -hmm. look at it. Now, uh, Miami Miami's got some experience. You know, some guys that were part of that team that made that run to the Elite Eight. So, uh, and and Miami uh, two and two in their in their last because remember they had a big winning streak. I think they won nine in a row, and then Georgia Tech upset them. They beat BC, then they lose it overtime last Saturday at NC State. Hold on to beat Syracuse on Monday. Syracuse actually had some chances to win that game. So when I look at Miami, very efficient offensively, and and they can also score at the rim. But Duke does have size. Yeah, Duke has size down there uh, with Filipowski and with uh, the kid uh, Ryan Young, who is a transfer from Northwestern, six ten guy. Uh, we'll see if we'll see if Jeremy Roach is going to be back. I want I want to see that status. I don't know if uh, that has been confirmed yet, or maybe I missed it. But without Roach, who was really their only returning experience player, you've seen Duke be really out of whack offensively because I don't think they really have mm -hmm. a true point guard behind him. So you know, if if Roach plays, Roach is of course questionable with that toe injury. It's looking like the move, maybe the market's betting this is like this is the get-right spot for Duke because I'm seeing some five-and-a-half, and I'm seeing some six out there. Roach is confirmed. You'll probably see some sevens in the morning. Yeah, I, I, it looked like a get-right spot to Duke for me, but I just didn't want to trust it. So instead of yeah. playing Duke, I played the over. Yeah, and, and, I and, and I think that that's about right because I, I think mm -hmm. uh, Miami can at least score at the rim, and I think certainly Duke can too. I think you're on the right track there. TCU in Kansas over at the Fog. Jayhawks laying seven, total sitting at 145 and a half. I know this is a game that you are interested in. Yeah, I took TCU actually plus eight. I would still take seven and a half. Uh, uh, look, KU off that loss at Kansas State. I know, you know, we were talking about this game with Danielle earlier. The fact is West Virginia needed that win like blood. TCU made it a game, though, and, and, and made a little run at them. But I look at TCU – they are historically, at least in recent years under Jamie Dixon, a very good underdog team. I think they're 15-5 and five against the number last two seasons as an underdog. Kansas had a long winning streak snapped. It was against their rival. People typically expect the bounce back. But look, TCU has been very good. I know they played that soft non-conference schedule, but they've been right in every game. Yeah, so I, I don't, this, this is not going to be an easy game for the Jayhawks. And, you know, TCU, uh, all their losses have been close, uh, except for that West Virginia. They did lose by nine, but lost by four to Texas in a game they should have won. Had a chance to beat Iowa State in a game they should have lost, and they eventually lost when Gabe Kalsher eventually hit the three yeah. for Iowa State. So uh, uh, I thought this was a number was a little rich for TCU. Yeah, no, at TCU, it's they're a good team, and and I already got burned laying it with Kansas against Iowa State last week, and I'm not going to go ahead and go back to that well. So it's a stay away. For me, the game of the day, though, in my opinion, is in Tucson, Arizona. The Wildcats hosting the UCLA Bruins. Definitely the game of the year in the Pac-12 up until this point. Uh, Arizona hovering around a one-point dog. Some places have pick. Totals at 148, 147 and a half. There's been some interest on the under. Uh, what stands out to you? Yeah, we're going to start monitoring this, I think, on, on this program here on Live Bet tonight. This is one of, we have seven of these, those fat and happies that I talk about, and I'll mm -hmm. explain. What that means is you get a team that is a ranked team in college basketball that has won three or more games, and there are seven of those, UCLA being one of them, UCLA now the favorite against Arizona. And typically you go against those teams, you maybe play half and half, half on the first half, half on the full game. Sometimes you'll win them both, sometimes you'll lose them both, sometimes you'll go one and one, but it's been a pretty decent system. Now you got to handicap the game, at least individually in terms of the matchup, but I would lean U of A here. And if this keeps going up, you know, if I can get two, two and I, I'll take U of A as a home yeah. underdog. I think, you know, they, they've kind of been forgotten about because they've been, they regressed a little bit from that superlative performance in Maui. Mm -hmm. But I still think that they have that in them, even though UCLA has been tough to fade, uh, been living close and dangerously on the road. But let me give you those seven spots I mentioned of those ranked teams. Yep. 
Charleston lay in nine and a half at Northeastern. I took Monmouth against them on Thursday night. Monmouth, the worst team in the conference. Now Monmouth got there. Monmouth is getting like 21, 21 and a half. <laughs> uh, so this is only nine and a half. Virginia lay in three and a half at Wake Forest, who just beat Clemson, who was on a big winning streak. Virginia, of course, off that win over Virginia Tech. Auburn laying 13 at South Carolina. I don't like this Auburn team. South Carolina's bad, so that might be kind of like a hold-your-nose play if you're going to play this system. Baylor laying two now at Oklahoma, that open Mm -hmm. pick. It's been all Baylor money. Alabama laying six at Mizzou. And Florida Atlantic laying seven at UTEP. So there's seven of those fat and happy spots. Let's see how they do tomorrow. Yeah, I've kind of circled Oklahoma as a potential player. Yeah, I kind of did too. I'm I'm surprised yeah. that, that that this has moved actually so substantially the other yeah. way, seeing some two and a halves too. I'll take it. Hey, if you want to yeah. give me you want to give me two? Give me two and a half. Give me yeah. three. I'll take it. Well, I mean this, this big 12. I mean, this yeah. is just Anything for you in Marquette Seton Hall? That's kind of an off the radar game, but a, a fun one in the Big East. There the Golden Eagles laying one and a half total yeah. 143. You know, Seton Hall was a team. I mean, they're not very good offensively, but it seems like you know, Shaheen Holloway has kind of figured something out. Of course, Shaheen goes back to his alma mater from St. Peter's. Seems won four in a row. Mm-hmm. They beat Butler. They won at Georgetown. They won at DePaul. They beat UConn. I know UConn's been struggling, but yeah, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do at this game. If you like Seton Hall, though, I think you got to go with the under. Yeah, no, that, that seems to be the, the play there for me. Uh, we got 20 seconds left. So we set it for divisional round week. And before we wrap up the show, we both like KC. We like Philly to advance. Sunday, I think Buffalo wins a close one. You have them tied in your money line parlay. And then that late game there. Dallas. I like Dallas as well. I think that'll be our final four for championship Sunday next week. All right, that does it for us. For Wes Reynolds, I'm Femi Abenfe. For our producer, Dan Miller, and the entire crew behind the glass, we wish you all the best of luck. Coming up next, Saturday Bet Prep with Matt Eumanns here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah. I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.